Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're well. It is a big time in your fantasy footy year. The multi-buy rounds are here, and boy, the teams are dropped. They're relatively kind to us, which was kind of nice. But there is lots to talk about on this episode. Joining me on this podcast, I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. It's it's great to do the podcasts on a Thursday night. Sometimes with life, it doesn't time out to do them, but it is nice to have all the information as much as we can. We know there's still these late changes in the flu and all these things that yeah. go around. But as you said, teams were were really kind. I don't think there was too many big surprises. I think obviously people were fingers crossed, hoping that maybe, you know, Luke Cleary sneaks in it was always going to be hard after that sure. demolition job of the Eagles. Um, you know, Bailey Smith back in the team. There really wasn't too much um, to cause trade plans to change. I think if anything, you know, we got a, we got a rookie in Parnell for the Crows, which was a pleasant surprise. We, we'd love a rookie that wasn't on the middle buy. That would be That'd terrific. Be nice. um, and obviously we know that we had the mid-season draft last night, which is always that sort of last wave, isn't it? We sort of say, if you're at the midpoint of the season and the cow hasn't played, unless they had a long-term injury or a oh, setback that's delayed them, there's a reason they're not in the team. So mm-hmm. when we get this mid-season wave of guys that have you know now entered the game and you know are available for selection already, um, it gives us a little bit of hope that there is some downgrade options that might be able to play a run of games to end the season because we have seen over the years that that has been the case. So it's almost like, okay, we're nearly full premium. Mm-hmm. You know, this is probably a time where we don't really need a downgrade for cash gen. They're, they're pretty much going to be in our sides for the remainder of the year. Pretty much. So that's a balance in amongst itself that I'm sure we'll chat about. Yeah, look, there's plenty to talk our way through. Uh, over the next three weeks, Basic rules of multi-buy rounds, either if you haven't played them for a while or you're kind of having brain fart moments, the way it works, best 18 players that are on field. So if you have more than 18 players, only the best 18 will count. Uh, If you've got them off the field, uh, they do not count unless you've got an emergency and a blue dot that activates that. Your blue dot players of Teams that are not playing this week. So Carlton, Port Adelaide, Essendon, Richmond, GWS and St Kilda players, they're not playing. The important thing about that is you can leave them on the field, uh, whether it be for your vice captaincy loophole options that you want to take, or you want to, maybe you've got the opportunity to get a glance at a player's bench score. Maybe you're really deep in a specific line and you want to play some loopholes through there because of that, or you can't move and activate things. So there are plenty of things you can do with your best 18 on the field. In AFL Fantasy, you got three trades available every single week, while in Dream Team and Supercoach, exactly the same. However, if you've still got some trade boosts available, you can bump that up to four trades available for you this week now chances are you're not using the boost this week in dream team or super coach if you do have any of it left but it could be very important for us okay two really big things have happened in in the past week uh, new dual position players have hit the game we probably should talk about 
probably two of the most relevant. There are more, but probably two of the most relevant in Bont and Bailey Smith being added forward status. There are others there that help us get through the buys with Jaden Short getting midfield status, Darcy Cameron getting ruck. We'll talk about them in a second, but uh, Wednesday evening, the mid-season draft dropped. I think it was 17 players picked up. They are now all officially in the salary cap formats of the games, with the exception of Durden and Hayes who have been picked up by Carlton. Um, every other player is basement price. And to be fair, they're not that far off basement price either, Durden or Hayes, um, in, in the formats they play. Last year, we got Newcomb, who is a really helpful selection. A couple of years ago, Gardner made an early debut. Uh, and the others, Marlon Pickett, is probably the most well-known outside of Newcomb. I suppose my question for you, Kane, is as we look through these... 15 to 17 players that have been picked up. Are there some guys that from your perspective, we might see play through this multi-bide period, let alone at all in 2022? Yeah. Well, the first one you have to think MJ just on the need of the team is Sam Durden for Carlton, you know, losing weedering for the medium term. He's going to have to be a guy 26 years of age that can come straight in. You know, we know Carlton, has done really well despite dealing with a lot of injuries across their side. So to pick up a guy, and clearly that's the reason they picked him up, as they think there's yep. a void in that list that he can help fill in the short term. And uh, they're a very fantasy-friendly team. So while his basement, you know, there is a, there's a bit of ball that goes around back there that, you know, if he can even get up to the 40s and 50s, really, at this time of year, it's just a bit of a safety net. You're not really relying on him, but as we know, it's just having that downgrade option that even has the possibility of playing. So I really like uh, him as someone that can come in. Hayes, a lesser extent, but again, another depth player that's, you know, probably fighting it out with those guys, you know, like a Carroll, those type of guys that are sort of on yeah, in the same fringe spot, of the team. It? Again, it's, it's a bit of depth in someone who is, you know, a more mature body than, than those younger players that have just been drafted. I wouldn't be surprised, MJ, you know, a guy like Josh Carmichael, you know, there's, yeah, Collingwood. It's, it's, yep. it's interesting with, with, with Collingwood because I'm really impressed with how they've played this year and also their VFL side. You know, to keep guys like Caleb Poulter in there for the bulk of the season, Finn McRae in there for the bulk of the season. So there's a lot of competition, a lot of depth in that side at the moment, especially in, um, in the midfield. You know, he's a guy that can play all around the ground, Carmichael. So um, you are looking at these, obviously, sides that are, you know, outside of the eight, I think Collingwood's still in a bracket of teams that are certainly pushing for the top eight. But again, he's maybe a guy. But probably the other ones, you know, we think we think Jai Cully, you know, he's meeting the team in, in Adelaide this with weekend, their clash yeah. with the Crows this weekend. Obviously not named in the team, but he'll start integrating into that side. We know they've been smashed with, with injury and COVID throughout the season. Dawson, Callan Dawson at North Melbourne. Again, it's hard because they've got a lot of guys that, um, are struggling in their VFL side. You know, they're not only struggling at AFL level north, but unfortunately the VFL side, there's not Almost much as, going on. There. Yeah, doing yeah. just as bad, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So there's, um, you know, this is a guy that's come from Williamstown. You know, you don't get picked second in a mid-season draft if you're not showing something. So he's in, he's in good form. So maybe for that reason, it's just, you know, hey, you're playing better than these guys we've got on our list. You're going to come straight in and have a go. Um, Maximo Di Ambrosio, again, half back. 
Um, he's currently injured at the moment, so we're not going to see yeah. him. But I know when he, when you go pick three in a mid-season draft, people sort of gravitate to those names, and yeah, he's got a bit of game Olympics. about him. That yeah, but he's probably going to be a wait and see. And then maybe MJ, maybe it is, you know, a take call at Port Adelaide. When you think about, um, you know, Sam Hayes has had a bit of an extended crack at it with Lysette out of the side, who's still out for know. a decent chunk of time. Yeah, to come so, as well. so maybe there's something that. He gets a look in, and and he's obviously great for our detailed super coach formats because we now have a basement, one hundred two k in super coach, one hundred fifty odd k in DT Ruck Ford, and we know that there's a name we're going to have to chat about later in the podcast in Tim English, establishing that link while getting maximum cash. You know, we had a Hugh Dixon that gave you that opportunity earlier in the season, and we had a Jack Hayes that gave you that opportunity, but. Those guys have gone and have been moved on. So a lot of people don't have that link anymore. A lot of people have, you know, Sam Hayes rolling through there. So to open up that link, be able to play a Tim English in the forward line and, and maybe provide some cover for a guy like Bruce, who we know is um, volatile at best. Yeah, well, he's, he's in another side and he's out, currently out of the side. So I yeah. think a lot of people are banking on him coming back. Yep, and probably just to have enough. that flexibility is huge. As I said, we're not really asking for scoring. Port Adelaide does have some later games, so all of a sudden your loophole becomes very easy. Um, and when you've got a genuine, I think sometimes with these ruck forwards, MJ, we want to force it a little bit because it's such good flexibility to be able to have two rucks and have a good ruck forward in the forward line. But when you've got Tim English, who is so, so good, it's very easy to go, yeah, I want him anyway. And he offers cover. It can, yeah, it can save you 50, 60 points multiple times in the back half of the year where we want to conserve trade. So, I think we'll get a couple from this mid-season draft, but I wouldn't be banking on a ton, you know, maybe three or four in the next month. And outside of the next month, MJ, we don't really need downgrades, do we? I, I think that's that, the we, key we, point, isn't we it? We sort of say, We've, guys, don't bring them in. Let's save yeah. them for next year. We're, we're looking at this point when it comes to our cows, is there about a getting rid of the cash that already sits on another player. And it's about maximizing that generation that has come. And if they happen to stick around for a period of time, well, okay, that's great. That That's just building squad depth because the cash is, is not benefiting for us. Now it might be a little bit different in AFL fantasy where it's not some limited trades. And while you're always trying to improve your points on field, you are still trying to get up to those bigger end players. So maybe for an example, you've missed an Andrew Brayshaw to this point. And he's, he's still expensive, but he's not as expensive as he had been prior. Um, no. You're going, okay, if I don't have him, all right, I'm going to still get to eight premium midfielders, but eventually you might be looking at a, a Zach Merritt. You might be targeting him, in, him next week at you know just under 800,000, but you go, okay, in four to five weeks, I'll still need to find a way to build up some cash to take a Merritt to a Brayshaw. Now, teams may never get in that luxurious position, but you're right. I think if we're looking at our cows at this time of year as cash generators, we've missed the point. These guys are maximize the cash you've already made, get you a couple of green dots on the field over the next two to three weeks if you can, and hopefully you're exiting out of round 15 with as close to a finalized side as you possibly can. Um, You're going to have moved on Nick Martin. If it's not by now, I think after the buys, you've definitely done it. It'll be the same with Dacos. It'll be the same with Clark. These are the last McComb, maybe if you're in a really challenging spot through the midfield and have prioritized other areas. So for me, I think you're right. Um, To me, Durden looks like the one in terms of need, opportunity, experience, 
and and that's perfect for, for coaches that are doing that kind of maneuver, especially if they're rolling a Dacos, a McCartan, a DeConning through that backline. Maybe there's still a couple that are rolling a hinge in Dream Team and Supercoach. Like that's the the perfect kind of guy to go for. From a new DPPs in the, the game, because I do want to talk about buy structure in a sec. Bonton, Bailey Smith, uh, it's always dangerous to say a player's must have, but these are two players, if you could control the narrative of what your team looks like, probably post round 14, 15, 16, the dream scenario is you have those two guys in your forward line, isn't it? Along with Dunkley and English, it, it's a minimum of four dogs we probably want in that forward line. Oh, ideally, MJ, that's that's the dilemma you're going to have to work out. One, do you have enough downgrade? Because this is the issue now. It's a sizable jump to go from the guys that are Heaney, are Butters, a Cornelio, mm. a Nick Martin, to get them up. It's it's not chump change. It's actually a decent... 100, 200K, depending on the format, yeah. Yeah, depending on the format. So that's that's not easy to come by when you've sort of already ransacked your bench to complete your side. Yeah. So that's what gets really, really tricky and um, you have to work out how you're going to do it because it's one of those things that, you know, especially when you're culling them and they're so um, new to the side or they're not having enough job security to make quick cash, there's not much coming through. So can you only get one? Can you only get two? Do you have to keep rolling with a Paddy McCartan because it means, you know, on field as a, another player because sure. you want to take a Nick Martin up. We've seen that a lot where people go, you know what, I'm going to pay up for three premiums, mm. but, it, but it means I can't actually afford my fourth. I'm going to have to just sit on a McCartan on field or whoever that cow Clark might be and, 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 hope, and hope they get close enough. Um, yeah. Or do you skimp a little bit? Do you let an English go and say, you know what, I'm going to shop from a Supercoach perspective in, in the high fours, low 500s as opposed to 600? Yeah, you'll and, you'll and, hold that's, and that's always a hard balance, For example, it? it might be that approach where you go, look, the average looks fine over over the totality of the season, but you look at the past month and you go, uh, okay, and, and, and that's where the d- dilemma can come and, and sit through coaches is we've got these targets we want, these guys we want to bring in, we want to be buying low, we don't want to be paying maximum dollars all of the time for certain players. Yeah, correct, MJ, that's the thing. But this becomes the tension point for coaches and why we've been so strong, not just this preseason and during the year, but for, for the better part of you know five to 10 years here at the coaches panel talking about building your squad depth, building that cash generation and being aggressive with, with the trade moves that you can make. And sometimes that aggressive trading comes off. For example, those that last week went Bruce into Riley O'Brien. Mm. Probably in, in some people's eyes, that was too aggressive based on things, but it worked out perfectly last week. And, and again, he's got a beautiful matchup this week, while others might have gone, I've got Hayes. Price yeah. is going as 100. I'll be fine. And it backfired. These are the aggressive moves because you maybe went and made an upgrade somewhere else, got in a Zorko <laughs> or a Petrarca and, and had the poor premium score that comes. These are these sliding door moments that can define your season. And that's the thing. We always, that's the thing you've always got to balance because sometimes you might not be able to get all these up. Because that's the thing. You want to complete your team. That's always yeah. what everyone says. You've got to complete your team. You've got to complete your team. 
but sometimes it is better to you know to be a week or so behind but have the right ones isn't it yeah because how many times do you settle for what you can afford especially through the buy period i need the person off a buy i need the person um you know that i can afford it you know it's it's an almost premium you know we talk about those guys that are just outside the top 10 yeah the tom green how frustrating is it close but not there how frustrating is it when when you don't have you know a mills yeah and you go geez if i just waited another week i could have maybe done another downgrade and got another 100k and then got the mills because what happens mj isn't it is you you take the guy that you maybe don't want but he's cheaper yeah that's right Three weeks time, you're going. I got to. I got. I got to get this guy up to a Mills or whoever that big dog is that you don't have. So it's always a funny balance when you're trying to work through that. You you end up getting at the same place. So sometimes just going. You know what? I'll just wait for this cow to fatten up another fifty, and just time it a little bit better so I can get the best. But yeah. obviously, as we know, hardly till the end of the season. You got to yeah. make that call just because they've been the best now doesn't mean they'll sustain it. Sometimes they will. But that's always the hard balance, isn't it? You want these top, top, top. We want top eight. We want top six. We want top two. But what is it from now? What is the dollars? What what does that enable you to do? Does it enable you to have a better cow on the bench that provides cover? And and those are the things. Because remember, we always have this, I want this guy at this price. 12 months ago, Jack Steele was a very good premium at the middle point of the season across formats. Not killing it, but very, very good. I think he was rolling around 105-110 in AFL Fantasy Dream Team and around about 110 to 115 in Supercoach. So if you had him, you weren't disappointed. But in the second half of the season, he, he his trajectory was 130-plus across the formats, and he was... It was Tom Mitchell, Dane Swan, Tom Rockliffe, Gary Abladesk of don't even question it, just leave the C on him and, and you know you're going to go great. So we can look at these guys at the upper end of the price points and go, ah, I've got to get my Mills or my Olivers or whoever it might be, your Neils in your super coach. Again, these maybe aren't great names because they're already highly owned people, but um, it, it is about looking at where's the value Where's the opportunity? Where are those kind of margins that you can kind of have that get you moving rather than, oh, they're going to be top eight for the year. It's like, well, who cares? You're 12 weeks down. It's actually now the next 10 to 12 weeks that that matters from there. And so on that point, I'm curious, next week as we enter into round 13, I do want to talk about some round 13 premiums that are popular trade-ins this week, but I'm curious on your take. Traditional ways of playing the game uh, of all formats would be even if your premium quote unquote using that phrase loosely isn't quite flying hold on and trade out the cow i'd like to pose a geelong dilemma to you that some coaches might be having specifically but i think it does open up some broader conversation next week across the formats Sam DeConning, in most people's eyes, was gone at the buy rounds. Now, there's still a fair bit of cash he's got sitting on him after some nice scores over the past couple of weeks. Coaches, if they move him on after this week, happy, but probably giving up 30, 40K in Dream Team Supercoach, probably another 50K in AFL Fantasy, which comes back to that point of, is it worth waiting a week? On the other hand, you've got a 
premium, and I'm using this term loosely now, like a teammate in Mitch Duncan, who's historically been brilliant, but on current form of this year and current role, has kind of been anything but that. Normal intuitive nature would say, move on the cow, not the premium that's struggling. Does that rule hold the same this year for you in 2022? Or, or is this a little bit of a different year and, and a different circumstance? It's a really good question, MJ. And it's one that's always really, really tough because mm. um, when you've got someone like the Conning who's got the flexibility, got more money to make, we've just spoken about how tight money can be. So 50K up and someone 50, 50K down in a premium that maybe you're just monitoring and trying to time it right, it can be a huge difference. Mm. Um, I think most teams across the board, by the time we leave the buyers, will be full premiums. So I wouldn't see, um, you know, DeConning being on field. And, and as good as he has been, you know, in the last, say, a month, we're talking about 65, 60 average. So it's not yeah. like he's, you know, there's been some great scores in the weekend in DT was, you know, clearly his best score up in the 80s. But, you know, before that, 62, 47, 65, 51. Mm. Um, Again, he's growing. He's clearly improving. His scores are yeah. reflective of that and his performance on field is, and he's obviously got great job security, which is really appealing. But, uh, you know, he's not putting up Alex Withered in his first year numbers where he's, you know, 10, no. 15 points off a premium. So for me, uh, you're wanting to take that guy up. Uh, I think the hard thing with that equation is a Duncan, he's just not performing and he's, He's, it's a lot easier to downgrade a cow and get Duncan to an English or to a Bailey Smith yeah, or a Bond. That's where people then look, then, then look at it and going, oh my God, I need 400K to get, you know, to conning up to English. Like that yeah, just yeah. seems unattainable for some people. Um, and I see why, but um, I think when you've got guys that have done their job, made the cash, mm. what you don't want is to get stuck with them and things start to turn. Because when they get to this price point, if you start reverting back to the 40s, you actually do start losing cash quickly. I think for me, with the options, I th think we have with, you know, Owens, with maybe Durden getting his Carlton debut next week. Jeffrey's um, going to be around for a little yeah, bit. Like, bit. He's gone up a bit, but he's going to be around. Yeah, but I think there's options here that you can you can move to. You can take your, you know, your 200, 230-odd K across the formats and, and just keep it moving. Um, get some other guys in and just roll on. But again, it's always a gamble. Do you want to just hold them a bit longer? Are you, are you worried about people being laid out? But um, we know if you're pushing for a top rank, history says you've got to keep pushing and you need a bit of luck because everyone else is going to not die wondering. They're going to keep trading. They're going to say, yep, if I run out of trades with four rounds to go and you know I'm copying multiple donuts, then that's then so be it. So if, yeah. you, if you're really pushing for a high rank, um, you need a bit of luck. So I'd be saying, unless you're playing for league and now league's one where you can maybe pull back and keep some trades and all that sure. stuff. Um, but improving your side is never a bad thing. You know, no. that's only going to help you in league. That's only going to help you in overall ranks. So, you know, you don't want to be too, holding too many trades. Again, at least you have the option this year with the boosts to get up to that's three true. trades out of the buyers. You've got four in here that you can make some moves. Um, you know, I'd be moving him on, but it's maybe more of a, question for someone that has no cash on their head. I think yeah, De Conning, when he's actually made 200K, it's, it's easier to trade him over the premium and hope the premium bounces back. But, you know, if I'm choosing between a Duncan and a Skinner, 
Mm. Yeah. Skinner's got no Nothing. money on his head. Like, yeah, bald if, I'm, if, I'm, if, if I'm sideways, sort of Skinner, you know, I, I'm, I'm going straight to someone else who's, you know, like a dirt, you know, for 10K, it doesn't really seem worth it. Whereas, you know, if you can move a Duncan off next week to someone off their buy, you've got that. You could tell That's you, a Ranto type, extra, for example. Yeah, I've got yeah. an extra, I've got an extra premium score there's a few things that are in your favor you know if they beat them by 10 points a week you know that's 100 points there across 10 rounds plus the extra premium score on the buyers which might be you know 50 60 points difference could yeah. even be 100 if you're only if that takes you from 17 to 18 so totally. this is the time to do it i think once you leave the buyers um that becomes very luxurious because you're really needing you know if they're underperforming unless you can id a the goey type of last year who's actually similar price yep um if you want to get to like smith or a font or an english these types you, you need another downgrade so do you yeah. really want to do t- two trades to get the guy out when they're a premium and could turn it around like heaney heaney's a guy that i get is frustrating uh, and, mm. I, and i understand why um but this is also isaac heaney like this is the roller coaster he goes on you look at yeah. his first five weeks lowest score of 95 average of 107 um, and that was with what we thought was the poor role. That's when there yeah, was correct. no Papley, you know, Buddy and all these sort of things. Um, and he had extra mid, he didn't have the midfield time. And now these guys have come back and he's, and he's, you know, he's really struggled. You know, he's, mm. he's fallen off to 73 in his last five. But as you know, MJ, that, that is what he is like. Like he's yeah. all over the shop. You look at the, you know, he's not a guy that, oh, he's definitely going to beat up on the poor team. No. Know, or he's going to, he can do any of that in any of the games. That's what makes <laughs> yeah. him so difficult. The, the one thing that is for sure is he's well out of form. But no also question. on the flip side, he is cheaper in DT now than he was at the start of the season. And that was value. Yeah. So that's where it gets really tricky for mine is you are selling a guy at a low. So I think that's a really good point. Because remember two weeks ago, Cogs was being looked as... I'm trading him at the buy, if not before. Something in the role adjusts and away he goes. Back to a Mitch Duncan for an illustration. You look at his score at quarter time in the past two games, you're thinking you're on a monster target for a big game through here. And, and then Butters is the same. The role is there. The points haven't been as consistently there over the past six weeks or eight weeks, but the role is there. And, and it still looks like if you watch the game and didn't watch the score, Oh yeah, he's 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 a premium for me right now because he's in and around the ball a lot, mm. um, but it's not just translating. So I think sometimes we almost overcomplicate ourselves and try to convince ourselves it's what it is. Especially if you're up towards the top, from a rankings perspective, a bit different where you're throwing caution to the wind and you're trying to make up ground um, on on a league or an overall ranking. But when you're at the top, sometimes you can trick yourself out of what you know is the right steps and processes of what to do and in the hunt for immediacy of points you sacrifice the long-term best play and strategy uh, along the way and and so that's the thing this week this is the week that i find most coaches will undo themselves not just for the rest of the buy rounds for the year because you're trading any play you're trading into especially of, of the premium territory you're about to trade into a a blue dot. Any of the cows you're trading into are generally more freeing up cash rather than someone you feel confident 
that you're actually going to have to or need to play beyond the multi-buy rounds. And so it's a tough week. I know the idea is get as many red dots off and get some green dots on. And in AFL Fantasy, it's a bit easier to do that this week. Um, in Supercoach and Dream Team, the strategy of holding the value of some trades versus using them, that's an age-old dilemma for coaches through there. And so this is the week um, that I think sets you up the best because if you make good moves this week, and sometimes a good move is to make no move at all, just saying it out yeah. there. Um, if you make good moves this week, that you've got your plan and strategy of what you're doing over the next month, even if you don't know the names, but you know the moves that you want to make. Things just find a way of landing. As we said right at the top, there's every chance in my eyes Sam Durden plays next week or the week after. Because outside of Marchbank, I don't see anybody that can fill that void in the Carlton side. And so now, and Marchbank's relatively cheap across formats too anyway, because he's been injury prone a lot over the past few years. Now, all of a sudden, there's your cow that's got a opportunity to play for three, four, five, six weeks. Now you've got money on the head off to Conning to go and make a couple of really aggressive trades. You can get rid of your Dixon. You can get rid of your Greg Clark if you want to jump early on his cash value. You've got McCartan if he's still rolling through there and a bunch of other bulldogs that we've kind of had. So for me, this is the week where you want to set yourself up right so that you can attack the next couple of weeks. And to that point, I'm curious, Kane, there's probably three premiums that have got a lot of love this week from coaches, um, all different positions. And it's all generally because um, they had great scores last week. One off a better mm. part of over a month out in Tim English, Tom Stewart um, loves the Crows and loves playing at Cadinia Park, GMHBA Stadium. And then the other I want to throw in there is Rory Laird, who we're not paying downfall because he's he's pretty much priced at what he paid at but i think why people love led is his relative consistency in terms of he doesn't have a poor score and no, then he doesn't, added does he? to that is the crows fixture and while i know you're formulating your thoughts on those three let me just tell you what the crows fixture looks like from now west coast this week Tougher matchup after the bye with Gold Coast. I know that's odd to mm -hmm. say that sentence, but Gold Coast has been playing really well. North Melbourne, then they play the Demons, then they play the Hawks, one of the easiest teams for midfielders to score against. And to be fair, Melbourne are one of the easier teams too because they're like, <laughs> we'll beat on you anyway. It doesn't matter if Laird gets 50 possessions. Then they <laughs> play Collingwood, Sydney and Carlton a little bit tougher. Then in the final three, West Coast again. North Melbourne again and then Port Adelaide for the final game of the year. That, that's as good as a fixture as a midfielder could ask for, let alone one as consistent um, and ceiling consistent as him. So out of those three, I know it's dangerous to give generic advice because there's different teams, different priorities, different elements, yada, yada, yada. Out of those three round 13 premiums that are all going to miss next week, how would you look? to kind of rank them more generically for people looking at these round 13 primos? Well, I think for me, English is the one that jumps straight out to the top. I think the way you can set up your team to have him go between the forward and the ruck line is, is huge. You know, it unlocks a downgrade option there for you as well that you can just take, you know, take at a basement price, give you maximum dollars on field, 
Um, and just the way he scores, MJ, it's really hard to stop him. Um, I think that's the thing for mine. Like, he's he really is like a midfielder. Like, that's the thing that's so remarkable when you watch him play. And, and I saw Luke Beveridge say, like, he's a turnover ruckman. Like, when Bulldogs win the ball back, like, he finds so much space. You know, he's a good mark overhead. He's a really neat kick. Like, he actually aids in the transition, which is what he's talking about. When they win the ball back, it's not a burden to use him in the scoring chain. Like, he actually assists in moving the ball and, and generating It's very Collingwood-esque of 18 and 19, isn't it, the way they would use Grundy through the corridor? Yeah, he, he, the just, he just moves, MJ. Like, again, we've spoken about this stat that I, I love for midfielders, but he's averaging seven marks and three tackles a game as a ruckman. Like, if you'll get, as I said, if, I, if, if you're getting a 10 in that on average... You're a really consistent scorer. And, and that's what he is. Like he hasn't gone below 100 in DT. He's got two sub 100 in Supercoach that are 96 and 99. <laughs> but, but, but conversely, when things go well, look at the ceiling. So it's huge. He, he's, played in, he's played in three wins this year, MJ. He's played in just three wins. He's, he's, you know, we know he missed a chunk and we know the Bulldogs started slow by their mm. standards. He's averaging 150 in wins. Like when you look at the Bulldogs and you think about where their footy's at now and what happens in Supercoach when the team wins. So let's just, let's just frank it for Supercoach for now. Sure. 150 in wins, 106 in losses. Wow. Three highest scores of the year in wins. Three lowest scores in losses. He benefits from that style of game. Massively. Team scoring. You know, some Ruckman... It's just hit out down the throat. It doesn't really matter to them. Like it's gravy if it goes into a scoring chain, but sure. that's a huge discrepancy in wins and losses. Again, smaller sample size. Yep. But you know, every every game this year, MJ's had twenty touches. Genius. The hit the hitouts are coming up into the twenties. Like his his game this year that wasn't twenty hitouts was against Gorn and Jackson, and that was a free flowing game. So he's just super impressive to me. I don't think he can be negated and that's probably more of my point for Stuart I've probably got Stuart the lowest for that reason I know he's a defender um, could he get any more attention and he deserves all the attention he can get but MJ someone has to put some time into him we saw Freeman sometime put Logue into May and what that did um, for mine at that price um, I just think with Tom Stewart surely and they're playing a Bulldogs this week, I, I can guarantee you tomorrow night there will be a plan for Tom Stewart. Now, does that mean that he falls off a cliff? Absolutely not. He's no, of an course absolute not. superstar. But we haven't seen these ceiling games. He's got two of them now. He's got two over 100. He got a 157 and a 169 in DT and a 187 and a 174 in Supercoach. Oh, I thought one of them was going to be. I thought that was his unicorn game of the year and he's gone and given us another one. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, he's given us two of them. I still think he's a, he's a 105, 110 guy from here out, um, but he's not a 120 guy for mine. I, I, I would just be shocked. And, and, and I think to round it out with Laird, that, that's what Laird is in Supercoach. He's a 120 guy in DT. He's a 110, a 115. You mentioned the matchups. Um, he just gets it done. He's got that mix as well. He's a great tackler. 
We know what the weather gets like um, as we go into winter. And I think sometimes for these defenders, that can get tricky, uh, just junking it up with those marks. And not that Tom Stewart's all junk, you know, he's, he's no, winning half his positions on the intercept, but it's harder to do that. Um, so for me, I'd have an English led and then Stewart. And also with Stewart in particular, MJ, damage is done. If you don't have him, damage is done. You're going to have to fade him if you're behind. Now, if you're I, I think that's the thing. Yeah. And you're trying to neutralize. Well, that's a different play. I get it more so. Um, For me, though, that's still really defensive. I'd try something else at the price. Um, Whereas Laird, to a lesser extent, because Laird had a bit of buzz a couple of weeks ago, and obviously English, the people who only had him last week were the ones that held him for five Five weeks. weeks. So a lot of of their gain has been negated in a sense. Um, So for me, I think what he offers, and we know a lot of people have got Gorn and Darcy, they got Bruce and Hayes. So to bring in a ruck, you could probably even bring him in this week and it actually doesn't hurt your buys. It probably actually picks you up a player, even though he goes into his buy next week. You know, I know from, for example, my team, that's you know pretty common ruck setup is if I've got Gorn, Bruce and Hayes, yep. I, couldn't, I couldn't access Hayes anyway. He was just going to no. sit there on the bench unused. So for me to, to move a Hayes to an English, I get the score of this week. I, I'm no worse off next week. Yeah. And then I'm on my way and I've got this flexibility to bring in that basement um, ruck forward DPP whenever I want to just give that me that final type. push of cats. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think that one's pretty straight, straight forward in my well, Who would you pick there? over, you know, th- those premium dogs that we mentioned too? Again, every team's mm. different. Every salary cap game you play is different. But if you're looking at Bailey, Bont and English across the format. Oh, I've got English. I've got English. You've got English ahead of them. Yep. Yeah, I've got English comfortably one. Uh, Baz would get DT right on AF. him in, in, in DT and AF. He'd be, he'd be right with him. Um, English would be way ahead in Supercoach. I'd mm. have Bont second in Supercoach and, and Baz third. Yep. Bont, the buy is going to be very handy for Bont, I think, I agree. next week. Uh, but again, you would have been, you would have been really flat. With that score last week, people MJ, traded into it, him for the matchup because, and it, and it is a little bit what we saw with Melbourne um, when they played the Eagles, and then it was Clayton Oliver was that guy. We know Petrarca tore the roof Feasted off the joint against, but when you've got a player that you just, you know, the wind's comfortable. You know, we had sixteen guys kick a goal, all that sort of yeah. stuff. You can sort of just go, okay, we don't need Super Bond tonight. We just need no. let's just get it cruise. done. Um, so I think, again, you'd be a bit flat with that performance. Yeah, sure. But I think but... as we get to the Cats and, and what this run home is going to be yes. post-buy for me, um, I don't think he's a guy that I'd be, unless you, your buys are really favourable to bring him in, I think you sort of wait for his buy. And, and now you've got you know, a situation where he's, his price is not going to get away from you. you know? No. You're still oh, going to get a good buy. So for me, I've got him um, third in, in AF and... DT clearly at a different price point to a Bailey well, Smith and, the and soon yeah, in English. It's 100K, yeah. Um, but, I, but I do think he feels like a 102, 105 at best. 105 whereas, feels like his peak, his peak of what he could do in AF and DT, but again, different. Yeah, uh, we know the he's beauty got of the dogs, 120. Yeah. Written all over him. The beauty of the dogs is that poor five to six weeks that started the year for them, because I do want to get to some Patreon questions in a minute and, and look to wrap up our episode, is, is they've had such a bad start. The luxury position of how do we pace ourselves to be right for finals? 
is very much gone for them. And so after the buy round, it, it really does hit. It's Giants, Hawthorne, Brisbane, Sydney, St Kilda, Melbourne, Geelong, Frio, back to the Giants, and then back to Hawks. So there's a couple of nice, easier matchups in, in, in let's say, the Hawks are probably their two easiest. Giants, you know, potato, potato, but they should get them in, in that game too. But that's a tough string of mm. games for them. They have had well, their well, easier games against the Crows, you know, which they didn't win, but the Bombers, um, North Melbourne. They, they've had easier games and West Coast now. So they will be going Absolutely, they'll need to, MJ. Again, if you're going through, if you're going, if you've got a run of Brisbane, Sydney, Saints, D's, Dockers, Dockers, yeah. If if that's if that's your slate, and you're thinking about where they're going to be, you know, as I said, you think they'd win the two off the buy. I think tomorrow night the Cats will be a 50 50 That'll be a great game. Um, But you're going to have to probably, you know, split that at the very least. That tough stretch, and then and then win all the ones that you should win. So yeah. And that's not even just considering top four. That's just making sure you're in the eight. So, yeah, I think it will be, it will have to be hell for leather. Um, so I don't think you have to worry about any restings or anything like that. They're going to be, they're going to be fighting. They're going to be charging and they're obviously good enough to do it. Uh, so I don't think we have any worries with, with those teams. And maybe that's something that some people say for, you know, like Tom Mitchell, do you worry about what Sam Mitchell might Premiums do? Premiums that might get eased out. Yeah, a, or a just variety of reasons. Yeah, just trying different roles. So that's always a consideration. You know, people might say that with a Zach Merritt. You know, he's a guy that off the buy yeah. is just screaming, pick me. And he's a guy that's been great for us over the years. He but has. Is, is it an Archie Perkins time to get in there? Is it a Ben Hop? Like, I still think Zach Merritt's a guy that scores. And I yeah, think if sure. I'm getting him at a price, especially in a DT format. The risk is not there, yeah. But I see people's point. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe if something happens and he copped a knock, there's not the necessity to play him through the last two games. And, um, you know, fantasy doesn't care if it's round 23 or round 16. It no. still counts the same. So Yeah, the points are points, um, absolutely. That's always a consideration you've got to think through. No, I think that's good. All right, we might look to wrap up the episode. Just a handful of questions from our Patreons because a lot of them are asking questions about what happens if this player gets picked or doesn't get picked, which we've kind of got the answers for that for us, which kind of helps. But Matt's got a well, really interesting... Question okay. on a couple of them. He he's shared with us his three trades in AFL fantasy. He's got twenty one playing this week. But one of the trades that he he's kind of said he wants to do is you know Mead and Dixon out, Owens and Parnell. I think Owens is preemptive for next week. Parnell's just freeing up cash. He's a one and done in my eyes for Luke Brown. Um, if he plays out of his skin, he might jag another. But for me, that's what he's there to do is to be the lockdown small. Then he's moved off Dacos into a Hewitt. Now, Dacos is starting to bleed a bit of cash, but he's saying he's got 21 playing this week. So he's trading into a premium and hoping to make up ground. Well, mm-hmm. What's your position on trading into premiums? Because it's a bit different when you're trading into an Owens who's yeah. you know, a red dot for a red dot potentially. What's your take on trading into a premium on that premiums buy round? Oh, I don't like it as much, MJ. Oh, I get the logic. Yeah. It's just you don't you don't get any benefit out of doing it this week. So again, you yeah. you want to be you want to be making sure that that's really necessary to your buys. You know, is 
are you in that bad a shape in round 14, for example, that yeah. you need to move Dacos right now? now? Yeah. Because the one thing we can say with Dacos is barring an injury or an illness, He'll he play. will play the next two weeks. No question. So, you know, we look at some of the guys we've got in our team, some of the cows, they, they don't have that guarantee. No. Um, so I just, you want to be really, really confident, you know, do you want to do that? I, I understand why people do it, MJ, because they say, sure. well, I want to make sure where is there. You know, I don't want to, at least if I trade him to Hewitt, I know he's going to be there next week, barring you know, an unforeseen setback that is out of your control. Whereas you know, trading in Jacob Ware with this uncertain giant side and people coming back in. Um, so I do get it, but make sure you've mapped the whole thing out and that you really have to do it. I know it's a very AF move where you've got to use it or lose it. I think sure. in, in in um, detail, super coach, you just say, you know what, I'll, I'll risk another twenty k price. We'll use your boost to try to again, try to get to. to try to get the score. Yeah, because twenty one sounds great often until you look at the twenty one and you go, okay, well, there's about five guys that three weeks ago at least have given me a forty. Yeah, and they're not really actually helping your score. Whereas Dacos is averaging bang on eighty, MJ. He's going just on eighty this week, so. You know, you might be just make sure you're not giving up 30 to 40 points by doing so. Mm. Um, now, the positive thing with that type of move is that's a move that I, I am not pulling the trigger on that until it is two two o five on Sunday. I don't <laughs> want any late outs. I want to make sure that everything's going on because that's you know you might need that score. You might have a your 18th score at that point might be a 40. Yeah. So do you want to give up 40 points? Can you do Correct. something else? Can you clear a dead weight? Can you move a premium you know, to another premium that might be around 13 or 14 to get some better balance? Um, I think it's a very specific team scenario, MJ. Yeah. You can do that. I, I, I think it's think not so. something... Um, yeah, you want to make sure because you are giving up points in that sense. Because obviously you could... Yeah, you could take a day cost to... Um, around 13 or 14 player that gives you a 20 to 30 to 40 point boost this week. So totally make sure again, give it every time. Maybe you go, Oh my God, I've got De Koning give me an 80, you know, all of a sudden moving a day cost on to a, um, you know, a Jordan Dawson's only going to net me 20 points if he scores a hundred because my team's doing so well. So let get as much information as you can, but in rare circumstances, yes, it's a move. And I understand why, Yep. Um, but typically, you know, you can shuffle, you know, or at least move, move Dacos to a premium in the round 14 by hold that structure and then reassess. Because, um, again, I do like it in the sense that if you think you're sweet for this week and you're already preparing for next week, it gives you every chance to be okay next week. Because we know yeah. if you cut it tight, you lose an injury, you lose someone else next week, and all of a sudden, oh, I was going to get to 18 with three trades and now I've lost two other guys that I had and I'm stuck at 16. So yeah. I get it, but it's rare circumstances. Yeah, I think so too. Look, Ian's got a good question. He's got a couple of ones actually, but wants to know what our thoughts are about Brandon Ellis. I know a fellow panelist Rids is, is a big fan of Brandon Ellis for those curious on his past five weeks of scores in AFL fantasy and dream team, 126, 54, 80, 106, 86. 
while in Supercoach over the past five, 122, 54, 106, 98, and 78. So that is a it's a reasonable five-round average of 91 in Supercoach, while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. That's going in a 90. Defender mid. Yeah. Good matchup this it. week against North Melbourne. The Crows the week after. It's MJ, they've got a great fixture. And again, let's look at a very quick top line view. Average in wins, five wins, 97. Average mm. in losses, 70. Yeah. This Gold Coast run, I'm telling you, this is their best chance to make the eight yep. in the club's history. I agree. It is it is all in front of them. If you've got North, Adelaide, you know, you've got Port, Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon, you know, there's a Brisbane in there, but then West Coast, Hawthorne, Geelong North. It's a pretty nice. There's, that's a, you, you can't ask so much more in a league with 18 teams. You, no. You've got every chance. Uh, we know that Ellis has a ceiling. We know that yes. he can score. We know that even last year, you know, this is a guy that prior to his injury in round 18 was going at 102. Mm-hmm. So oh, I think this is the type of guy. Yeah, if you if you need any, if you want an English so bad, well, you might not be able to get Jaden Short. You might have to get Ellis. You might have to get, you might have to pass on a Doherty. That's what you got to weigh up a lot of times in these formats is where can I skimp but get yeah. good enough value that he gets close enough? And this is a guy that can get you close enough. And sometimes if he, if he catches, if he catches ceiling game, because I'd say that there's probably at least another score or two that's above 130 to come, just knowing what he's so. like. And based on that run too. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be times where he can, he can do it. So, if you're going to take a risk at the price, um, he's one you got to consider. And, and DPP never hurts. You know, if you're getting yeah. a guy with that sort of ability, um, and I'm looking at his season in DT, you know, the cheapest he got is 676. You're getting him at 687. Yeah, he's so you, down you, 110 you, in Dream Team on his starting price. He's down 97,000 on his starting price in AFL fantasy and down about 40K. It doesn't usually go too far wrong, MJ, with a guy like that, that you're buying at a low, does it? When you can get at a low. Yeah. And get largely he's back. probably a deep fix, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yep. So I, no, I, I'm a I big totally fan get it. of that. It yep. might not be a this week trade for people just based on their structure, even though it's a nice matchup for him. And again, remember, we did talked about the wet weather footy and things of that nature that can create. Well, the fact of the matter is like, you know, Jordan Dawson's been sensational going at, you know, flat hundred. Yeah. There's nothing to say that Dawson doesn't finish the season in the final, in the back half going at 95, which is fine and great. Yeah, it's still fine. And Ellis isn't, and Ellis isn't right there with it. Like that's the type of. They're the moves, isn't it? Is can yeah, you be a hundred K off, but be getting a comparable score to your D5, D6 now? I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. the answer is yes. Can Ellis go the same as Sicily? From now to the end of the year in Dream Team and AF. Yes, for me is the answer. Um, So I I, again, are you you 100K confident on it? Are you 150? Like, that's the thing. That's what's going to determine. That's the thing. What can you do? What can you get up to? Um, But it always happens. There's always guys that start well, finish slow, vice versa. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen anything in his game um, that I don't think he can't pull that out. And they don't. If the no. Suns are in control of games, that those marks tend to flow. And yep, yeah, and there's not? a good fixture through there. Um, Ian wants to know what do you do about Proust? 
the simple answer, Ian, is if you have him this week, you're waiting. This week, um, there was enough narrative that was coming out last week that he was still not 100% physically over his illness. Um, Ian, the difference would be if he's not named next week, okay, then we've got a bit more of a dilemma on our hands potentially of a green dot that we thought we'd have, a guy that's scoring as good as a premium ruck, and we need to then address that issue. But right now, that's fine. Because in a week's time, there'll be players and names and options you can look at through there. Because even if he doesn't play, it's like, well, you could turn him into a premium forward, like a Taranto coming off the bye. You could move him into that premium defender um, that, yeah, that's coming off. You probably even get him to a Zach Merritt, MJ, if you or, wanted or to. Zach Merritt that, a, or anybody. I, I, the, my read of the situation was, if you were going to do it... It was last with these, week. Especially with these things, it was last week or even the week before. If you're going yeah. to be that decisive. Uh, but I think now... You've just got to wait for the it, it, teams. He, he was crook. He was crook. Yeah, he's had a. He played very lightly in the VFL. Very <laughs> lightly in the VFL. He's got a week off. He'll be right. Uh, they're not exactly flush at the position. Nope. I I think look at the scoring. Like the scoring is just right there. Like to make that move, unless it is English, it doesn't seem like you're getting much of an upgrade. And the hard thing is. He's not at a price that's reflective of his performance. No. He's, he's worse off in DT than Isaac Heaney, MJ. Yeah. So, so for me, Bruce is going at 95, 100. You know, so you don't want to, you're not even selling at that top, top point where you're getting. No. And it's scoring so, comparable to who else you're probably getting there. Yeah. So I, I, think it's, I think it's a hold now. You always I thought it so. was going to be a hold because you had to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no reassess point if the verbiage comes out, but I don't think you can read into a last week when a guy's been sick as a dog. Yes, I know he was named as an emergency, but sure. sometimes the clubs just go, we're just going to name him. Like, unless you're the sub, that doesn't care. mean anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. No, it's a Maybe it's gesture. a mind game that for 0.2 of a second, Brisbane put a little bit more time in and said, they might just sneak this guy in, you know, here. Yeah, like let's... that's the stuff that goes on in this elite sport where just Correct. a little bit of advantage is so for me, you sit, you wait, and if next week he's not there, well, you can make a call. Yeah, fair enough. Our last two questions, dream team and super coach question from Sam. How many trades would you want after the buys if you've got a completed team and solid bench cover? Sam might oh, define solid. Got... <laughs> I'd would say be the kind if, of the first MJ, if you've got if you've got five. Yeah, that's plenty. If you've got five, they're just injury trades now. That's all you're looking at. Yeah, that's yep. that's your thing. And, and and maybe if you know two weeks go by and you haven't used them, and and you, as I said, you see that next to goey, and you've got yeah, a right. butters, and it's bang bang. You're not spending up, or you just can do it in one trade. Yeah, perfect. make the move. Maybe you yeah. can get a 15, 20 point bump. But that's why you know if you're going to push, push now. Give it. Give mm. that move every chance to pay itself off because. If you make a sideways move with five rounds to go, like and that, it comes to a point into the season if you've got trades that you're actually praying for some sort of carnage. You actually want the best players to fall over because yeah. there's no advantage otherwise, is there, MJ? There's no advantage yeah. having a trade if you're not using it. You should have used it in round four, five, six, when it actually seven, could count. when it could count. So um, I think if you got five, you're, you're fine. fine. You're yep. in the hands of the fantasy gods like everyone else. Correct. Uh, but if you 
again, if you have to, if you're even less than that and you've got a full premium team, well, at least every week you line up and you're as good a chance as any. So yeah, no, I think that's, that's all you can really shout. do. No, it's good, man. Uh, Sarah's got our last question, AFL Fantasy one. She says, if we're looking to bring in premiums this week and our structure is relatively equal, is there a round we should be aiming for? I, I think without knowing the uniqueness of your team, your strategies, what you're going for, you're always looking to get the more premium games now, which is probably means you're targeting round 14. Um, mm. If structurally you're relatively even, um, you're probably trying to get most premiums on field, which is this week and next week. Um, absolutely go for it. So that would be my thought. What, what, yeah, what's your take? Uh, yeah, again, you're right. Again, it really is, it really is um, team dependent. And that's what we spoke about last time. If, if you are so sweet uh, this week and you're so comfortable with your team and you want to get a premium in because you want to prepare for next week, Mm. I get it. The, the fact remains, everyone's playing two of the next three. Like there's there's yep. no way around that. Now, there is a way around it in the sense that if you're patient enough and you've got enough, um, if you can ca- get some cash and all that sort of stuff, that's why people like the downgrading this week because sure. you can actually have one premium player play across three games yeah. by trading them when they're at their buy to someone off their buy. That's not possible this week. No. Nope. But hey, maybe it, that's what people say, oh, let's clear the red dots. Let's clear the guys that are topped out in cash. Let's get some cash coming in that next mm. week um, we're moving people on to people off their buy. But I get it. Again, as we were saying, the buyers is a block. Yes. So if, you, if you're in a position in your unique team, is I'm going to bring in Sam Doherty this week because I want him for next week. I want to see about these rookies that come in. Sure. Uh, you got cash, do it because... It's a collective block. But again, there's a reason that people like a day cost running him to his buy. Yep. Or even running him through at least the first week. He's yep. there, he's playing, he's a competent scorer with a decent ceiling. You might just get lucky and he gives you a score. Yeah. Um, that's the thing you just don't know. You just don't yep. know. And that's why you've got to be always be patient with your trades and the buys. You want to see how these rookies are going. Definitely. You might dictate your trades. You might go you know what, I'm going to grab another playing play here because these guys are really struggling. Like mm. my 18th score is, you know, a 40. Yeah, I want I've to got chase Karmas another on field 50. With 35. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let all that play out and move that way. But um, think of it as a big block. Don't get sucked into an else. Do your own analysis for your team. How yeah, do nice. I manage this three weeks? Put your, It's simple. Put your team in, write them all out. Who's playing this week? Oh, there's 21. Next week, oh, 18, whatever it is. Yep. Be ruthless with your red dots. Yep. And also, have a think when you're watching the footy. If you're watching the game tomorrow night and someone gets injured, well, you might want to change your buy plan because they might not be there in two weeks. And that yep. might dictate what you want to do. So it's not just a, as much as we'd love to just log in, do the trades, <laughs> move on. Like That's not the way to get the most no. out of your side, is it, MJ? Unfortunately, no. you have to have a bit of ownership. You have to be... Okay, what happened in the news here? Did someone return from the VFL and have a blinder and maybe challenge your rookie spot in the site? So yeah. um, stay on it. But again, don't sweat one week. Just the whole block, improve your team. That's the good advice. So you want to improve the team and, and be out of it with a full side and a chance to compete every week. Yeah, no, I like that, man. Hey, that's some really good advice from you. We might call it at the end of that episode, mate. As always, mate, it's absolute brilliant work from you. Appreciate you, man. 
Appreciate you, MJ. Thank you, and um, good luck to everyone across the bias. Yeah, uh, all the best. We've got some articles that have dropped this week for you at coachespanel.tv. If you haven't caught up on who got picked up in the mid-season draft, we've listed them for you at coachespanel.tv. The break-evens are there, which are important. And late on a Friday afternoon, you also got an article from me looking for ultimate footy coaches at the draft day wins of the year. Yet those bargain buys that you got, those latter portions with those ADPs, who are some other guys that you have brought in that have absolutely given you an absolute blinder of a year? I'll give you one player's name and an illustration of what you can kind of expect that comes out of this article. There is only one player that I've listed that got picked inside the, the top 100 based on Ultimate Footy's ADPs, and that's Bailey Smith. So I think when you've got the top averaging guy and you picked him with an ADP of 82.6, I think I need to break my own rules and, and kind of put him in there. But these are some of the names that you'll expect to see coming up in that. A guy that is ranked inside the top seven forwards this year by average had an ADP of 186.2 and is averaging 89.5. Talking about Dylan Moore. That is a draft day win. Similarly, just 10 picks earlier with an ADP of 172, averaging 95.3, but he's been going at 106 since round four. Defender Ruck, Mark Blixavs. These are what you will find in this article, your draft day wins. I'd love to know how many you've got of those. But good luck this week in the best day team. We hope everything goes your way. We hope the trades land brilliantly for you and you get a nice bit of an aggressive captaincy move that maybe makes an extra few points up your way. Until we chat to you next week, we wish you good luck. We'll chat to you then. Yeah.